Hey, hey, <laughs> what's up, y'all? We are back again with another podcast video. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the season finale, the sixth chapter, the 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 be all end all, if you may. We're in this thing. Um, I'm your host, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Blur, Carefree Black Nerd himself. This is Falcon Winter Pod, Falcon Winter Podcast, the Carefree Black Nerd review covering the MCU's latest TV installment. And man, was this something. So this is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Chapter 6 or Episode 6. And ah, things happen. So uh, as the Flag Smashers escalate their efforts, Sam and Bucky take action. Okay, they take action. Now, when you're listening to this podcast, when you're watching uh, YouTube, when you're listening later on, when you're watching, re-watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, use the hashtag FWPod. Let me know you're out there. Let me know this is a conversation. So, episode six. Now, I will say I have been preaching, managing expectations as a fan. I have uh, been preaching this for a little while, ever since the WandaVision <laughs> fiasco that was Mephisto. <laughs> so I've been preaching that. And this is one of those times where it really came in handy. Uh, there's a few TikTokers, a few tweeters, a few IG folks who have had speculations on what would possibly happen, what could happen in this episode. And I will say as great as their fan theories, fan fiction ideas were, none of that stuff happened. And that's where I feel like I've learned my lesson from WandaVision. I've really taken in the lessons that were this extreme nerd imagination, and I've scaled them down some. That being said, I think that this episode was a pretty decent episode. Um, I've already had issues with the show and the content, but looking back, I think a lot of the issues I've had, though I, I still own them, I feel like they're good for creating conversation. I'll say that much. Um, the show cinematography is always on point. Uh, the acting is always stellar. The special effects, wardrobe, like it's a, just a good show overall, like on paper. Um, a lot of things happen. This is one long night of just a lot of drama. And it, feel very, it feels very cinematic in a way that it feels like the third act of a movie, of a Marvel movie to be specific. And depending on where you fall on like liking that verse... <sighs> Depending on where you fall, that could be a good or a bad thing. I think overall it was good. You got a, a finale. Um, I mentioned before that I didn't think we're going to have everything wrapped up in a bow because this is not a movie. This is a series, and there's so many threads that could spin off into other things in the future. This episode, we got Carly and the Flag Smashers enacting their plan to stop the GRC, the Global Resettlement um, Conference vote on 
pretty much resettling people. And my issue has been with this show is that you've you've come up with a set of villains, bad guys, who have a very specific goal. And that goal is not that far-fetched. And it's not that far removed from something that the average regular person can get behind. So with making this goal be so altruistic, so good, so borderline, so Robin Hood, we'll say that for lack of a better term, by making it be so Robin Hood of a goal, you've painted yourself into a corner now because Sam and Bucky do not come off as the good guys. And I say that very loosely because, of course, they're the protagonists. They're the good guys of the show. But when you have somebody who's trying to just give out aid and help and food into people who are twice forgotten, it's like, yeah, they're bad. But now the show had to ramp up their villainy to the point where now Carly was like, oh, the hostages we have, let's just kill them. You know, they have to be willing to die. And this and it's like... Mm, this doesn't feel like it's in line with what she was doing before. I'll accept it because it's what the show is giving us. But I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really for it. So, anyways, we get a fight in the beginning of the episode. We do a little flashback, and so we, uh, well, recap weather, and so we get our fight between the Flag Smashers, and um, we get no, no. I'm sorry. We get the opening right after, like seconds after the last episode ended, and so you're in this situation room. I'll say with like a lot of officials, uh, leaders, people who are going to make the vote, and they're having their little debriefing. Red lights go off. We find out that the flag smashers have infiltrated the space. Um, a quick aside. One thing I do like about the flag smashers is um, I liked Hydra because it was a villainous organization that everybody could get in front of not get behind like support but everyone could fight and they were sneaky and you know they infiltrated shield they took it down like oh wow look what they did but i like the flag smashers because they're not your run-of-the-mill villains they're really not even villains depending on how you look at it whereas with hydra was pretty much these are the nazi analog nazi characters they are evil they are bad with the flag smashers you have people who are could be anyone. Flag Smashers could be anyone. I mean, yes, yeah, the same with Hydra, but it was more like a elite club to be inside of or to warm your way into. Whereas this, by the true nature of having made it through the snap, you could potentially be a Flag Smasher. And for that reach to be so wide, though it's a, it comes with its own problems, it's kind of haphazard where you could have you know, just regular Joe Schmo down the street, but then you can have Billy ba Billy Badass up the street with all the guns. So I just like the idea that it is so all over the place and it's something that because of the events of the MCU for the first few years, it's this is a storyline or this is a villain that could reasonably pop up for years to come and it would be feasible. It wouldn't be like, oh, okay, are they still really mad about this shit? It's like, no, these people were displaced. These people had five years to like get their shit together, um, you know, settle and whatnot. And now that those five years are done, they're just being mistreated. Uh, so we get the Wakanda's gift, the Wakandans gift. It is this new Sam 
Captain America outfit. Those of you listening and those of you watching, please let me know. Use the hashtag FWPod. How do you feel about Sam's outfit, uniform, look? Um, I believe it's the same uniform from the Captain America book that he starred in, but I don't know how I feel about it. It could be just that it's new, but my initial reaction is like, oh, I don't really like this. And there's a lot of white, which isn't an issue, but just the placement of the colors doesn't look that great to me. Um, Anthony Mackie looks great in the suit. Like, you know, it fits him well, but I don't know how I feel about him in that uniform. So let me know um, what, how are you guys feeling about Anthony Mackie and Red Wing is back in his new suit. So while everyone is attempting to pull all of these official people out of this building, we noticed, and this is something where I was like, why Why isn't this building being shot up or blown up or anything? So the Flag Smashers are pretty much trying to get all of the officials out of the building. Smart, smart. They've taken over the rescue committee, so they're shoveling them into, um, uh, like, trucks, big trucks, uh, and then they wire it shut. They got them um, doing an air, getting in a helicopter, whatnot. So I liked all of that. Uh, Sharon is back. Now, I think we all called Sharon, just like we called Agatha in WandaVision. We figured, you know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, but Sharon is the power broker. And I assumed as much like early on in the season, and it could be just my comic book fan nerd stuff coming out, or it could be like, yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense. And then making the power broker, them use male pronouns and male verbiage. It's like, uh, we haven't seen any other man unless Zemo, was like randomly the power broker. It could only have been Sharon. Uh, but she's back with this face technology that Black Widow used in one of the movies in the first uh, <laughs> the first phase. And her and Bucky have teamed up. And I still, I honestly like this. I like this Sharon. This series overall, if I'm looking back at it and all the events that happened, this is probably one of the better not that there's a whole lot of them already, but this is probably a better series overall just by nature of all of the things that are coming out of this series. So we have Sharon as the power broker. We have U.S. Agent. We have the new Cap. We have Bucky with his new lease on life. We have the introduction of Sarah and her kids. You know, they'll probably play a, few, a factor in the future. We have uh, Julie Lewis-Dreyfus as Madam Hydra. So we have a lot of things, Isaiah Bradley, Eli Bradley. So even if you didn't like this series, I feel like it's important enough that it's probably required watching for the rest of the series going forward. Whereas with WandaVision, it was more like, eh, it was good. We liked it, but... How many permanent changes come out of that outside of her being named the Scarlet Witch? You know, we have Vaishan, so kudos, Black Twitter, thank you for that. And we have the twins, and we know they'll probably come up later. But I think, like I said, regardless to how you feel about the show, because I, I have my feelings, I think that this is required viewing for MCU at large. This isn't something you can just skip. Um, Sharon, I like her. I like her. I like her. She, to me, is still kind of boring. I still see her as homegirl from Revenge. But knowing the things that she's done and knowing that more than likely we're going to get more treachery in the future and knowing that her and Carly, their views were not so dissimilar as the power broker and the flag smasher. Like It seemed like a lot of people, if not everybody in this show, pretty much shared the same thoughts 
as Carly or the same um, desires to an extent because it, it felt like everybody wanted this one thing, but she was just going at it in a way that made it seem like she was more radical. But when you have so many heroes running around in the universe with all these powers, like, yeah, we just got uh, John Walker injecting himself with super soldier serum. That's a whole nother person on the playing field. So, like, it's the things that she's doing and her crew isn't so extreme when you already are being met with one extreme in the first Thanos. The very fact that this man exists is like, is she really doing that much? I don't know. Um, so the French guy, you guys are gonna help me out with that. You're gonna have to help me out. I know I should probably know who this is. I don't know who the hell this is. <laughs> this French guy who's like upset with uh with Falcon. I was like, I know either um he has to be from before this show because I don't know who the hell that is. If you know, use the hashtag FWPod, let me know. Um, but they fight, they get their fight on. Falcon, um, I think it's kind of, is it Synergy? What is it? Where he opened up the series fighting a man in a helicopter, and now he's closing the series doing the same thing, uh, fighting one of the Flag Smashers who is carrying, I believe, four or five of those political figureheads in the helicopter with him. And the CGI is on point, the the, the special effects, the um, acrobatics, the acting, all of this is really good. It was actually one of my favorite scenes in the show um though it was a little bit okay wait i was gonna say that was a little bit unrealistic but like how realistic is it for a guy with falcon wings to fight a helicopter but um when he reached out to homegirl the asian lady i forget her name and was like hey we're going to have to work together he said put in your earpiece count down to five and you're going to take over when he said that, I honestly thought that Falcon would be the one counting down to five. She's in her seat going like five, four. I'm like, do y'all not hear her back here counting? Like She's up to something. Get her. Uh, but that was a, a nice. Um, it, was, it was nice. It was interesting. I liked that. That was a very good scene. Uh, Falcon bust through the front, pull homeboy out. Uh, Miss Asian lady jumps in the front seat, takes control, and off to the races. So I really didn't like that that little series. Um, the Flag Smashers fighting with Bucky. So Bucky has had this issue of, hey, I've done wrong. I need to make amends for the things I've done. I'm seeing a therapist. She's telling me to do this and do that, whatever. I've got my little black book. And... I was really upset with Bucky, mainly because of the Wakandan aspect that you have let out Zemo for whatever reasons, mean to an ends or whatever, and yet you never once thought to reach out to them. Like, they had to come to you, and then even then it was like, oh, I need him. Give me a couple hours. Do this. And it's like, you could have done that to begin with. But, you know, for the sake of the show, I'm like, okay, I get it. You thought you could have had this done. You know they could whoop your ass. You know maybe you thought you could get them back to prison before they found out. And even with him handing Zemo over, if we could take a quick aside, having Zemo end up in that prison, um, uh, what is it called? The one that's in the middle of the ocean. Why did? Is it just me, or is it weird that the Wakandans allowed him to go to that prison? Like, do they not have their own form of a prison or their own form of... Because if, you, if your issue... I guess I'm just a little unclear. So the way I take it is, Bucky broke out Zemo. 
I was pissed about it. We had the whole issue from episode four, three and four, or four and five, and he turned over Zemo to the Wakandans. But I felt as if maybe it's just me. I thought that they were going to take him back to Wakanda and do what they wanted. I am gonna say they were gonna kill him, but I thought they would take care of him. But did they take him back to put him back in jail? Because it's just the principle, like this man should be locked up. He killed your king. She gave this long speech to um Bucky about you know why he was wrong, which we knew that, but I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, or maybe there's a piece that I'm missing. But you let me know, listeners, viewers, why. Why did he? Why did why did Zemo end up in that other prison and not somewhere in Wakanda? That's all I want to know. Uh, so then we get <laughs> they amped up Carly's evil factor by pretty much saying, Hey, these politicians they can die. Uh, there's two trucks, um, the one with the after Bucky and him get into their altercation, she's like, Hey, we gotta we gotta do something to distract him, him being Bucky, to give him a reason to be a hero, give him a reason to act the fool and get off of us. So they set, <laughs> I'm just not funny. They set the truck on fire that has the other set of politicians in it. So of course, Bucky has to go take care of that while he's doing that. Who shows up but John Walker. Now, I wasn't clapping for this fool, but I was very excited to see him because I wanted to know what, what, last episode, he pretty much was stripped of everything, stripped of his title, stripped of everything honors badges all that whatever and he didn't get any jail time they're like well it's your it's your exemplary uh performance over the years that has saved you from getting jail time and i said before i'm not a fan of john walker but the one scene where he wanted to speak up at first i was like man you don't need to talk but the more he talked he's like y'all made me who i am this monster this soldier this machine you made me this, and now that I've done what the machine wanted me to do, now I'm being punished for it. Like that, I felt for him in that instance. Um, that was really the only time. But seeing him pop up, I didn't know where his head was. Like this could have went completely left, <laughs> but he showed with his little aluminum shield, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go in and whoop some ass with you." Him and Bucky have this little team up, and you know, honestly, I'm not even really that mad at this. I thought I would have been more like F John Walker. I don't want to see him. He shouldn't be here. But it was like, uh, he is a super soldier. For all intents and purposes, he is a super soldier. And the scene we get with him at the end of the episode shows that he's not as far gone as we would have thought. Um, or maybe he just has his moments. Because with him and his wife and Madam Hydra, he didn't, he seemed more relaxed, more calm, kind of even borderline goofy and in like in the best way, not even that to be an insult, but he felt very much childlike, like, oh, okay, this is me. This is what I'm doing. So I'm thinking like, is he, is this giving him purpose? That's kind of refocusing the shit he got going on. Or is it that he really isn't as quote unquote crazy as we perceive him to be? Um, Something that was said in this well, I was like, okay, they're going all in on the, like, we're pro-black this season shit. So when when Walker showed up and him and Carly got to going back and forth, she's like, oh, I didn't mean to kill your friend. I didn't mean, I was only trying to kill lives that mattered. And what did John say? Oh, you didn't think Lamar life mattered? I was like, oh, okay, black lives matter. Okay, I see you, MCU. Um, that was felt kind of odd, but I went with it. Um, 
The fight was very good. And I say this especially because it's so dark. We've seen other movies and TV shows where if we're just looking at the cinematography, we're looking at the choreography of the fight, we're looking at the lighting. For this to be a nighttime shot, based on other stuff we've seen, Wonder Woman, this was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, seeing Walker and Bucky team up, like in the moment, it was cool. Two super soldiers fighting these other ones. But this man killed one of them. And so you have to kind of decide how do you feel about these murders that have gone on? Because we know Bucky have been brainwashed. He's been killing for hundreds of years or, or for years, whatnot. Um, I think Sam may be the only person who doesn't have, well, he's a soldier, so he had, he has kills under his belt, but though we get this more lighthearted take on John Walker and we get this more revenge focused, vengeance focused, um, kind of borderline good guy representation, he still killed a man on live TV, though it was like streaming on phones. That was essentially live TV. I don't know what to do with that. Like, cool, he helped out Bucky, but sir, like it's, and then now you have to decide, is there a difference between what he did versus what Bucky did versus what soldiers do when they go over to other countries? Like, I guess you have to kind of figure out how you feel about that for yourself. But as excited as I was to see them fight, I was like, uh, he literally just killed a man like not too long ago. Um, the fight itself was nice. Uh, I do like the moment that they gave John Walker where he's fighting and the last truck full of politicians is like going over this scaffolding. I don't know the right um, construction worker words, but y'all know what I mean. This like scaffolding where there's clearly a building being built. Um and he has to stop and decide, like, am I going to whoop Carly's ass for Lamar or am I going to go and save these politicians? Well, Bucky is on the ground and he's fighting four or five super soldiers on his own. So there's only so much that he can do. I think in that instance, though, you can say this is pretty much predictable. This may be on brand for MCU and for third acts and movies. I thought it was still was pretty exciting. Um, I never thought those people were going to die. Um yeah, I never felt terrified for them, but in the moment I was like, okay, I know this is going to work out, but how are they going to make it make sense? So there's that. Um, we get Sam as Captain America or Captain Falcon, Falcon American, whatever, and his two red wings pushing the truck back up on solid ground. Sam is not a super soldier. And I understand that people are able to push vehicles. I mean, vehicles are only, you know, X amount of weight. Um, you know, you get a flat tire, you hit, your friend can help you, you know, push your car into the gas station or whatnot. But I was like, this is, does this not seem kind of odd for this man to be a regular human with no serum in him? Like, I get the jetpacks that are kind of helping him along, but like, this is an armored truck, sir. You are not a super soldier. Also, why is he not a super soldier? Why? If all you need to do to be Captain America is have a shield and, and declare that you're Captain America. Okay, cool. But sir, you, you've done a lot of fighting as Falcon and you've not died, but when you were snapped away by Thanos, but like, sir, if you're about to carry on this mantle, there is no way you are going to make it 
being this regular ass human alone. Like, there's no way that this is going to work. Some somewhere in the next phase, Sam needs to get injected with this super soldier set. Like, that's just it. <laughs> Let me know if you agree. Use that hashtag FWPod. Leave it in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. I don't know, but it's like, how can Sam reasonably be Captain America going forward without being a super soldier? I just, I don't see it. Uh, so we get the part that's like the the mystery of it all, where we have. Um, uh, Walker, Sam, and Bucky, and then we have Carly, and they're in this like abandoned space where again this building is being built. And Sharon pops up, and of course, they do the reveal that oh, you know, you could have stayed with me when you showed up in Majapur and I gave you, you know, the drugs. And she's like, oh, okay, you just want me to be your uh muscle power broker. So we find out that yeah, Sharon's the power broker, which. Even though the actress is kind of boring to me, it makes me want to see, again, those five years that everyone was gone, give me that story. How does Sharon go from being public enemy number three to Majapur to being the power broker and to the point where now you have your hands on super soldier formula? Like, where, where's that story? I, and then she was like an art dealer and on the, the high, high town and low town and... Just Magipore, I want to exist in that space a little bit longer. So I'm hoping that they have plans for Magipore coming up. And something about these five years. So they get to fighting. Um, French guy comes out who is a double agent. He was working for the power broker all along. A lot of this stuff felt like it should have been like very exciting. But I was like, okay, that's not, for me anyways, it didn't really matter. Uh, it was cool, a nice little twist, but... That meant absolutely nothing to me. Um, he points a gun at Power Broker, like, okay, since so now you the power broker. So I guess that he was hired and didn't know who hired him. But he's like, Yeah, I want four times as much money, and I want this, I want that. She's like, I don't negotiate with terrorists or something. She one of them shoots him, either her or Carly. Uh no, no, I'm sorry. I think she shoots him, Carly shoots her, she's knocked down. Sam come in. What the fuck going on between the sheets in my home? Baby, wait, let me explain before you start. The Porsche K. So <laughs> no one, Carly never says, well, she's the power broker. Or this or that. And I, at first while watching it, I was like, well, why isn't Carly outing this girl? Like she sees that clearly the power broker and Sam know each other. They're working together. They have some type of relationship. But then maybe it's like, oh, he already knows. Or maybe it's just not that important. Uh, for me, I was like, I tell on her ass. But I'm like, but what? What does it matter? Why waste words talking about, oh, she's the power broker, Sam, when that that's very trivial, that's very small in the grand scheme of things. But I was really like, man, tell on her. Tell on her. Trip her up. So she didn't. Sam and Carly get to fighting. And, like, this was very – okay, so regardless of your feelings about Sam, this fight was hard, not hard to watch. Like, I couldn't look at it, but hard, like – Damn, he's really, the way they're writing him, trying everything in his power to do right by this girl. Trying everything to get her to see things from his point of view. Trying everything but violence to get her to save her. And that's something to be commended, especially because she technically, she has the upper hand. She is the one with the super soldier serum. Um but it's like for as much of her story that we know from watching the show, there's so much that we do not know. 
And the speech that he gives later on kind of addresses some of the issues with Carly, which is like this girl lost her life, spoiler alert, she dies, trying to go against you in this vote and the things that you're doing. If you can, And it's the same thing I've been saying since day one. At some point, even if we think they are terrorists, there has to be a moment where you have to have some self-reflection as the powers that be. If this person has created this army of soldiers to go directly against the shit that we want, what is what is it that they're after? And then when you know what it is, it's just supplies and resources and fair treatment for everybody. How do you how do you still combat that and feel like, oh, we're the good guys? Oh my God. So within all this fighting, Sharon ends up shooting her. She's dead. Carly is dead in Falcon's arms. And there is this like screenshot, if I could take it, I would, where he's holding her body, which, oh, that's kind of morbid, maybe not, but he's holding her body, and it's like, I'm sorry, Carly, like, this, it didn't have to come to this, but then she apologizes, I'm like, what are you apologizing for, sis? Like, you, this is what, like, you said, I may have to die for this, this is bigger than me, and, like, this happened, so... I, that felt kind of off because it's like, well, where, where's the connection? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with accepting it, but make it make sense. Like, you fought him to the death, literally to the death, and like now it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have. Like, where is this coming from? I don't know. Um, so they get out, and the other flag smashers are like on the move, and they're following this app, and they're like, oh, okay, we, we, we got away. Um, we got to meet at such and such rendezvous. They're caught by the police. This is the issue I have with this show. You have all of these people, and I know they're not immortal. They can still die. But you have all of these people, super soldier, formula serum flowing through their veins. They can leap tall buildings with a single bounce. They can probably outrun a speeding bullet. How are they not fighting the police? How are they not whooping? At, like, how do you just show up and outnumber them and then you win? Y'all are baseline humans with, like, no powers. I guess is what the plot called for, but I was like, this is weird. And like, even to handcuff them and put them in that truck, I was thinking like, they can rip these handcuffs off and punch a hole in this truck and just get the running. Like, is it, they never, they being the show, never established that like after a certain time, the serum wears off. Like for all, for our intensive purposes, when you are injected with this serum, you are just a super soldier. So Huh. Even with Walker, I was like, well, he's doing some stuff where it's like, nigga, you are Superman. You, I don't know. You should be like punching holes through folks' chests. Okay, so the big finale. Falcon comes from the sky like an angel <laughs> with Carly in his hands, talking to the news crew, and... He gives this impassioned speech about, you know, you guys need to do better. You um, politicians, you got to look at how we have something like Thanos and this teenage girl, and they're both going against you and what you want. And, you know, and, and now uh, you can't call them terrorists and thugs and this and that. And so a lot of the, some of the things he said, of course, made sense, but it's just felt for me. And this is, after watching it, like, you know, within the last 24 hours, hell, the last 12 hours, um, it felt like they were laying it on really thick. And I don't have 
my full thoughts on how I feel about this scene right now. I know that my initial reaction was like very jarring and I was very much like, oh, what is this? Um, Sam says, I know there's some people who see me in these stars and stripes and they're upset and they're mad and, you know, this, that, and the third. I know you can't please everyone, but it's like there's something where I may have been waiting for Sam to be a little bit more radical in his thinking from dealing with Carly, dealing with the bank, dealing with the boat dealing with having been an Avenger for umpteen years and still can't get a loan at a bank, let alone get a, you know, salary. Like, it was a lot of things. I was like, I was just waiting for him to become this person who a lot of us become when we go away to college or when we're surrounded by other people who have a different way of thinking versus what we've gotten just from our whole, you know, the first 18 years of life. And that that last shoe never dropped for me. Um, I can't give a full hundred percent thoughts on this episode and this scene, especially until I sit with it for a little bit longer. Maybe I'll do like a follow up, you know, quick little after show later on. But I I I don't know. I don't know about that. It wasn't. It didn't sit, really sit well with me. Now the emotional part of it, like going and looking at Isaiah and looking at Sarah, that was cool. But it was also like. What is Isaiah doing? Like, is he just happy that a black man is saying these things? Or is he happy that this black man is able to wear the shield and the stars and stripes and be seen as the Captain America, despite him being black? Like, I, w I wonder what, what were they trying to convey? I'm still dealing with it. I still have to sit with that. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Leave it in the comments. Um you know, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag FWPod and let me know what do you think? What are your thoughts on that speech? Um, yay, nay, great, bad, indifferent, whatever. Um, but I do like, I, I don't know. I, I like Sam. This wasn't great for me. Um, some random agent comes up to Sam after his speech is like, Hey, the guy you knocked into the Hudson. So the guy who was flying a helicopter, he's still there, blah, blah, whatever. This, that, and the third Sam flies away to go get him. Even then I'm like, let that motherfucker drown. Like, <laughs> fuck. No. Uh, so we get Madam Hydra, John Walker's, uh, mute, nameless, racially ambiguous wife, black, black woman and John Walker. And, Madam Hydra sitting here talking with her, and it's a cute scene. I don't think the wife slash girlfriend, whoever this black woman is to John Walker, I don't think she had to be there. I don't think they really utilized her well this series. Um, and then even to have her, it's like, are we going to then get him later on in the future phases where they've like recasted this woman with another just light-skinned black woman? Or like, what are we, I didn't see the point. Like Sarah got speaking lines, her nephew, the nephews made made since they were her kids. But this woman, I, I don't know, like wasted potential, I think. So Val walks away. Walker's out here in his red and black US agent outfit. So there's something that we can look forward to. Now let's get to Bucky. Bucky goes back and he leaves a message for his therapist. He's like, hey, you know. Thanks, Doc. He leaves his um, black book of Steve's that had all the names he needed to go and make amends to. Uh, Bucky goes to see Yuri, the guy we got at the first couple of second episode, first or second. 
and the older Asian guy. And he's like, hey, I killed your son. And he's like, why? And he's like, well, he's killed by the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is me. And then they, the show shows Bucky closing the door to Yuri's apartment and walking away. So I guess one is to assume that they had the conversation. Bucky made amends. We don't know if he was forgiven or not. And he walked out. I didn't like that. I didn't like that because if we're giving Bucky this redemption arc where he has to go through and make amends, you've already fucked shit up with the Wakandans. I know we have kind of a little button up story there. We know you were the winter soldier. We went through and spoke to a few people in the first one or two episodes, but Yuri was like the emotional part, the emotional center. And I feel like that was wasted for me. I think we should have seen more. We should have seen that actual conversation. I don't want it ambiguous. I want to know that Yuri does not forgive Bucky or that he does. I hope that he doesn't. But even if he does, I want to see that. I want to see that conversation. Like, this is where you need to put in those trying to win and award tears and emotion. You need to make me give a damn. You need to make me sad. Like, I wanted to feel like I wanted to cry because Yuri found out his son was dead and that his good friend for X amount of years or months or however long is the one who did it. Like that's, I don't know. I feel like that was a mistake not showing that. Now, maybe they didn't have enough time, but you've set this up at the beginning of the series and by episode four or five, we know for a fact we're going to, we're going to have to have this conversation. I, I would have liked to have seen what happened. Um, so then we get Sam with Isaiah and Eli Bradley, and they have their conversation. And I like, though I'm not a fan of a lot of this between them, I do like this relationship that they have. I'm hoping that going forward, maybe you can continue that. Um, I'm not sure in what capacity Isaiah is going to exist in the MCU going forward, but I would like to see more of him. I know we'll get more of Patriot Eli. Um, but I would like to see more of him and even him and Sam having their little powwows, conversations, disagreements. Um, black people do not exist in a vacuum. We are not a monolith. So I do understand there are people who are probably more closely in line with Sam than they are with say like myself or Eli or Isaiah or any other black person, <laughs> but, um, I like their relationship. Sam takes Eli and Isaiah to the museum. We see the whole layout of Captain America, what we've seen hand over fist time after time. Then he goes into this like room off in the back to the side where there's a big golden statue of Isaiah. And it's pretty much like, no one will forget you. The things you've done is commemorated. And that's something else that I'm not a hundred percent certain, hundred percent certain words, how I feel about that. Cause it's like, Hmm. Thanks a lot, but one, it feels like we went to the back of the, the house to look at this. Maybe not, but then two, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, at the very least, his story is out there, so I get that part, but it was like, I don't know, man. Why? I, I just, I don't know. Let me know how you guys feel. When the museum scene where Sam showed Eli and Isaiah the monument uh the yeah you know the the your history is this how did you feel about that was it good was it bad did you think they executed it well um for me i'm still 
unpacking how I feel about it. Um, initial reaction was like, okay, cool. I'm glad that this is out here. Now people know. But then at the same time, I was like, is this not blowing up his spot? Because like Isaiah was very adamant that he didn't want people to know he exists. Because again, if they lock me up for 30 years and experiment on me, what do you think they're going to do with me if they find out that I'm still alive? Um, so going back to the five years, I would like to see what is Eli and Isaiah's life like during those five years. One, I like to just see his story played out. But those five years, what was that like? You know, did he get snapped away? Did he not? You know, whatever. That's me being a, a fan, not managing my expectations. Uh, but then we kind of wrap up with this nice lifetime uh, homeboy, homegirl goes back home to that country town scene where like Sam and Bucky go back to Louisiana. I don't know what part of Louisiana they're in, but everybody's taking pictures with Sam. Everybody's happy to see him. You know, he's Falcon. He's Black Captain America. You know, it's all in all, it was like a feel good button to the full series. Um, if we're rating the show out of five, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure. Maybe like for like cinematography and Easter eggs and things that will come out of this series to affect the rest of the MCU. I'd say it's a solid four. You know, we got a lot of things, but like the content, a lot of it was like touch and go up and down for me. Um, I'd say maybe a 2.5. I just, for me, let me know what you guys rate this show. And then this episode uh, in particular. So yeah, a lot, a lot happened. Uh, we got what would have been the first official MCU show series, and I, I don't know. I think it was good. I think it would have been interesting. Oh, okay, here's a question for you guys: Having seen WandaVision first, and then going back and watching this full Falcon and Winter Soldier, do you think WandaVision would have worked as well in reverse if this had have come out first? Um, do you think this would have worked as well if it had came out first? Because um, I asked that because I feel like this series was more in line with Marvel movies than WandaVision was. Movies like, you know, Captain America, Civil War, Iron Man, all of that, the government, uh, espionage of it all. So it would have, to me, been like kind of the same thing. Not saying it wouldn't be good, but coming off of Endgame, Infinity War, and all of that, going right into this, it feel like you're just shifting into the same old routine. Um, so, But to say that WandaVision would have had the same impact, um, I think it would have because, you know, it's just a good show. But I don't know. You know, let me know. Let me know what you guys think. And lastly, we get the post credit scene where Sharon is has been pardoned. She is now, you know, safe to move about the U.S., you know, without incident, which is cool. Good for her. And she gets on the phone. She's walking, like, really weirdly. When she's oddly weird, I don't know. She's walking kind of weird. Uh, she's like, oh, thank you, you know, for pardoning me, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And so she gets on the phone, and she's like, hey, yeah, we might not have any more super soldier serum, but... I'm about to be in the military again, and so I'm going to get all these secrets. And so the actress for me isn't doing it for me, but I do enjoy this Sharon storyline. Um, I want to say this is kind of sort of like Agent 13, but I'm not about to start saying that 
Because I don't know for sure. <laughs> if you guys know anything about Agent 13, let me know. Use that hashtag FWPod. So that's that was a good part, too. That was something I enjoyed. Because, again, the, the waves, they made waves. Carly said, hey, I don't want an empire. I want my land back. I want my family back. I want us um, treated as equals. Whereas you, you being Sharon, you want to rule over the people who you wanted to get revenge from. I want to get my revenge and have my folks be okay. You want to be this fucking empress sitting on top of these gold castles. That's not what I want. Uh, so that's I'm, that's going to be interesting to see what comes from Sharon after this, all things considered. Like she's now leveled up as a power player. Like I assume we would revisit her in Madripoor and maybe get what this art like art dealer life was like with this like grungy, you know, dark market life is like. I don't know. <laughs> but now knowing that she's welcome back into the US, she's now even offered her old position and she's able to exist as a um reputable person on the government side like she was before but also this dark underbelly black market type character hey i'm not as excited because of the actress's performance but i am excited to see what does this mean going forward and like who who's affected by this you know so yeah that's <laughs> my review over the final chapter of falcon and winter soldier this has been an interesting ride, man, especially, like I said, coming off of the movies into the pandemic, into WandaVision, into this. It probably came at the right time. And the release schedule being week to week, having that buzz going. Uh, so, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Do you agree with any of the things I said? Do you disagree? Uh, Team Flag Smashers over here, still not happy that Carly was murdered, but, you know. Um... I want to see Sarah in more things. I really want to see Sarah in more things. Honestly, I, God, she is beautiful. And those two, them nephews too. I, I did a, uh, Falcon one on one, uh, all things you need to know history of Falcon. And I don't believe we mentioned his nephews in that. It was the comics history. That link is in the show notes, along with the Dormilaje, the Super Soldier Serum, Eli Bradley, and Isaiah Bradley's um 101 episodes as well please check those out and let me know what you think what you think about the show what did you think about this episode in particular how was this as a um finale of this series or season because hell we could get another season god we could get another season of this and it it could happen um yeah so let me know uh hit me up on twitter Carefree Blurred is the handle. Carefree Black Nerd everywhere else. All other social medias. Use that hashtag FWPod when you're listening to this series, when you're listening to this episode, when you're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, when you're re-watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. Use that hashtag. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know you're there. You're listening. Make it a conversation. Um, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com if you must, and uh, let me know what it is you want to talk about. And until next time, guys, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and... I don't know. I guess next up is Loki, you know, <laughs> so let's get ready for that. We got maybe a week or so. Nope. A month I think, of time between this show and uh, Loki. So we'll probably be meeting back week to week for Loki as well. So uh, have a good one, y'all. All right.